grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Welcome to Mother's Day. Our mommily will be on the Good Shepherd. <laughs> it's a joke, right? Get it? Mommily instead of homily. It's a mommily for homily for Mother's Day. I'm, I'm just kidding, of course. I hardly ever preach upon Mother's Day. I never preach on Father's Day for that, for that very reason. I was warned in seminary. They said a wise pastor never ignores Mother's Day or the LWML. <laughs> so I have mentioned it. <laughs> I'm hoping that will help. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not want Okay, this mommily thing's going to be harder than I thought. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I will not want. These words were written by David. The problem is, David has, dis- has displayed himself as a man who is very much in want. Despite all of the greatness that God had given unto him, he had taken him as the, the youngest child of a very large family... He has taken him, literally took him from following the sheep to being king of Israel. He has given him the house of Saul and the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And yet David is in want. He wanted a break from the battlefield, so he didn't go. The opening, the opening scene with this incident with David and Bathsheba starts off the very first verse in the springtime when the kings go to war. Where's David? He's sitting on the top of his palace, bored. Bored men are dangerous men. He wants a break from the battlefield so he doesn't go. He wanted the bathing beauty Bathsheba, and so he takes her. He wanted the evidence of his crime gone, and so he does what he wants in the way that he wants to get it done. David is very much in want. David is very much in need now. We can say the same thing about our sins. Our sins start with want. Pretty much every one of them, if you think about it hard enough. It starts with want. It starts with a lack of contentment. I don't have what I want. I am not who I want to be. I want something else. I want to be somebody else which is very, very easy in our plastic society. We've talked about that a number of times. You can go to the mall and get you a completely new identity. You just swipe your card. We want. And when we bow to that want, and when we bow to that desire to gain, we sin. The words of, 23, of the 23rd Psalm are the words of Christ. They're the words of Christ becoming our shepherd. He does. He does fill our wants and he does fill our needs. Jesus Christ, the good shepherd who leads his sheep through the valley into the house of his father. Jesus traveled the path that we couldn't path, that we couldn't follow, that we didn't want to follow. We wouldn't have been able to do it if we wanted to. Jesus walks the father's path perfectly following the will of his father. Jesus did not put himself first. Jesus did not impose his will upon anyone else. Jesus was a servant. God gave him to be a servant. He was a servant. He serves us. 
Mark chapter 6, Jesus had sent his apostles away to preach the gospel. He sent them out two by two. When they came back, they came back rejoicing. Jesus then invites them to go out to a desolate place. Jesus very much would like to hear their stories of what they'd done. He wants to encourage them. He wants everybody to share in this wonderful undertaking that they have taken place. Except the crowds find them. They follow them. Jesus sets aside what he wants to do, and he and the disciples serve that crowd, culminating in the feeding of 5,000. Jesus is a servant. But despite Jesus not putting himself first, he didn't lack either. Jesus didn't lack. He didn't have a house. He didn't have a home. He didn't have a job. He didn't have a source of income. Yet he seemed to do just fine. Maybe a little thinner than some of us. Jesus kept to the Father's path even when it passed through the valley of the shadow of death. The paths of righteousness did lead to the path of death. Jesus was forsaken by the Father. As a lamb, he was led to the slaughter, and yet he kept his eyes fixed and focused on the joy that lay before him. Even then, he still did not want. At the end of the path... At the end, through the, through the valley, Jesus entered into his father's house, a table set before him in the presence of enemies, a feast set before the Lord God Almighty. Jesus has returned to the father's house and shall abide there forever. In the meantime, in the meantime, Jesus knows the flock. Us. As a flock. He was a part of, of this flock. He has experienced the faithful care of the Father. Jesus has learned, and in his suffering, he has also learned that the Father has made him the great shepherd of the sheep, designating him the good shepherd by his death and his resurrection, and he will tenderly shepherd his sheep, which is you. The Lord was David's shepherd, leading him through the path of the valley unto his home. And David badly strayed from the path. Badly. As, as much as God had given him, he wanted to know the Father. He wanted what was not good for him. He sins against Bathsheba. He abuses his conscience and his servants by making them a party to his sin. They ran messages. They brought her to the castle. They probably escorted her home. David has Uriah killed at the front, again abusing his power, making his underlings do his dirty work for him. I cannot imagine serving a king so wicked as this. You remember that Uriah is a Hittite. Right? Uriah is not a Jew. Uriah is a Hittite. Uriah is a man, is a mercenary of whom David himself has brought into Israel to serve as part of his personal guard. He's part of David's personal army. He's pledged his life to this king. That was not his king, by the way. And David has him murdered for it. David chose a path of suffering and death. 
It was a path that he chose. It was a path that he had laid out for himself. And David suffered terribly for it. The child of David in Bathsheba dies in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 13. And the Lord, the Lord seems to have afflicted this child. I don't know how else to read this text. David seems to see this as a punishment from God. David sees this as punishment, but he also holds that the child is heaven-bound. In verse 22 and 23, David says, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he's dead, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. David believed in an afterlife and that he and his child were destined for it. David also suffers the death of an incestuous son, 2 Samuel chapter 13. Amnon, the half-brother of Absalom and Tabar, rapes Tabar, and that results in Absalom murdering his half-brother Amnon. This leads, I cannot help but to believe that this leads at part to Absalom's rebellion against his own father in 2 Samuel chapter 15, which leads to Absalom's death. Now David has seen the death of three children. God may not punish us for the sins of this life in this life, but they absolutely have consequences. David had hoped in the Lord even while he was walking this, this vile path, though. Knowing that God had watched over Israel through their wilderness, though he had shown his want, God, God continued in his mercy and his blessing to provide. We hear David confess that he's not in want, but David recognizing the blessings of his forgiveness, the necessities of life that God has given unto us that never lead us sincerely or truly in want. Despite his grievous sin and forgiveness earned by David, the good shepherd, David does dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus, as your good shepherd, leading you through the path of the valley unto his Father's house and yours. But sometimes we walk the path that the Father would not have chose for us. We walk our own way. We go our own things. We call them mistakes. I hate it when I do that. Sometimes we think of our sins as mistakes. They're not, they're not mistakes. They're rebellion. Generally, we know the way to go. We know the way to act. We know what we ought to do, and we just choose otherwise. We do not love our neighbors as ourselves, do we? Certainly not on the road. Not in the store. Oh, how I miss those masks sometimes. Because when I had a mask on, I didn't have to be nice at all. I just sort of coasted through life. And if anybody got too close to me, I'd just cough. <laughs> not Christian value. Please, kids, don't, don't emulate this. this is, we do not love our neighbors as ourselves. We do not fear and love God above all things. We do not respect our mothers. We do not call them as much as we should. We do not hug them as much as we should. We do not thank them for the myriad and the millions of things that we've done. Oh, look, here comes that mommy again. But we don't, do we? 
Sometimes we walk a path that the Father would not have chosen for us. And if you have a righteous mommy, you walk a path sometimes that she would not chose for you either. The more we live in the world, the farther away from home sometimes we seem to be. We often feel like we're passing through the valley of the shadow of death. Because we are. Divorce, bankruptcy, loneliness, failure, rejection, anxiety, emptiness, friendlessness, failing health, failing workplace, failing economy, unfair treatment, racism, sexism. I mean, it's rough, isn't it? We're tempted to think that God is leading us down a wrong path or worse, that he has just left us unto our own devices. It's not true, though. In those times, we're likely to veer off the path of his choosing, to seek our own solutions, to want for things that are not good for us, to do as the world would do, to seek the greatest of happiness at the lowest of expense to do what's easy and what feels good. Yet what our Lord knew by experience, we can still confess by faith. We do not live by bread alone, although sometimes we think we do. And if prices keep going up, we might actually get to try it. (laughs) But we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is what really need is, every word that comes from the mouth of God, that we listen to His voice. We are His sheep. We are of His fold. We hear His voice. He is clearly within us. Jesus Himself is our food. Jesus Himself is our water. He is our forgiveness. He makes us to lie down. He restores our soul. He forgives us of our sins. Our good shepherd learned obedience in all that he suffered, and we should not despise the discipline or the instruction that the Lord gives unto us. We are His guests at a royal banquet. Blessed are you who have been invited. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be satisfied. Jesus has led us through the way of death, and his mercy and goodness remain our rear guard. The son has gone into the house, and he has gone to prepare a place for you. Your place is assured, because the son has promised it. He is your good shepherd. You are his sheep. And since the good shepherd has given you his death and his life, you lack no good thing. You know by faith, and then someday you will know by experience. The path leads through the valley to the Father's own house. A path in which we know, because Jesus has gone. From there you shall never depart. Glory be to God. Amen.